0: And all the time, let's try that one more time. God is good, and all the time, amen. We're glad you're here on a Monday night, a rainy Monday night of revival, but I'm glad that you came out tonight. Let's stand, let's worship the Lord, amen. We're going to see if we can bless the name of the Lord today, okay? Here
1: we go, help us out.
0: Bless the name of the Lord. How many of you believe that He is faithful tonight? Amen. All right, Julie's going to lead us in this next one. He is faithful. Love you tonight, Lord. We thank you. You're a good, good Father, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We get the benefit of that that we, Lord, we are Your children. We are sons and daughters of the King. And Lord, tonight may we stand on the promise that we are not orphans, Lord. That we are not uh, we're not paupers, but Lord, that we are Your sons and Your daughters. And God, you care about us and you love us. And God you have every good thing for us God that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord doesn't say all things are good just says all things work together for good so father we love you tonight we give you all the honor the praise and the glory in this place we thank you for what you're going to do in this place tonight it's in Jesus name we pray and everybody said amen well if you would don't sit down yet put a smile on your face tell somebody you're glad to see them then sit down all right You can be seated. We are so glad that you're here tonight. Hello.
2: Y'all hear the piano?
3: Can you hear Nancy?
0: Would you give the Floyd boys a big hand if you would? sing a little southern gospel. Y'all like southern gospel? If you don't, just pretend like you do for a few minutes. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to start with a little song called, It's a, uh, Your First Day in Heaven. Amen.
2: Ride, and you're thrilled to every sight and the saints are always smiling saying how do you do oh it's a great great morning your first day in heaven when you realize your worry days are through you'll be glad you were not idle took time to read your bible it's a great morning
4: I had a dream, and I'll confess I hated to awake. I dreamed I was an angel at the great
2: pearly gate. Saint Peter said, why, hello there, how have you been? We've got your mansion ready, so come right in. And then he rang for an angel to he spread his wings a time or two and learned how to fly. Oh, it's a great, great morning, your first day in heaven, when you stroll down the Golden Avenue. There are mansions left and right, and you're thrilled every side. And the saints are always smiling, saying, how do you do? Oh, it's a great, great morning, your first day in heaven, when you realize your worrying days are through. You'll be glad you were not time to read your bible it's a great
4: morning for you i had a dream and i'll confess i hated to awake i dreamed i was an angel at the great pearly
2: gate saint peter said "Well, hello there sonny how have you been we've got your mansion ready so come right in any spread his wings a time or two, and learned how to fly. Oh, it's a great, great morning, your first day in heaven, when you stroll down the Golden Avenue. There are mansions left and right, and you're thrilled to every side, and the saints are always smiling, saying, how do you do? Oh, it's a great, great morning, your first day in heaven, when you realize your worrying days are through you'll be glad you weren't an Uh, idol took time to to read your Bible Bible. it's a great morning a great morning
1: what a happy
0: I could, I could hit that 20, 30 years ago.
2: I'd make an off-color joke, but you need to transgender on up into that.
0: I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to try to get spiritual now. Oh Lord. This is going to feature Brother Ronnie Meadows, uh, a song called The Lighthouse. Amen. Amen.
4: there's a lighthouse on a hillside that overlooks life's seas when i'm tossed it sends out a light that i might see and the light it shines in darkness now will safely If it wasn't for the lighthouse, my ship would be no more. And I thank God for the lighthouse, I owe my life to Him. For Jesus is the lighthouse, and from the rocks of sin. Showed a light around me That I could clearly see If it wasn't for the lighthouse Tell me, where would this ship be? Now everybody that lives around us They say, just tear that old lighthouse down. Cause you know the big ships don't sail this way anymore. There's no use of it standing round. But then my mind goes back to that stormy night when just in time I saw the light, yes, the light from that old lighthouse that stands up there on the hill. And And I thank God for the lighthouse. I owe my life to Him. For Jesus is the lighthouse from the rocks of sin. He had shown a light around me that I could clear.
0: amen well let's pray i'm gonna give these guys a chance to uh clear out here let's uh, let's pray for brother herman and he's gonna come and share the word with us tonight amen father we love you tonight we thank you so much god for uh, just the opportunity to come and to worship you lord and just uh with all these different songs different styles god and lord i I know that it doesn't matter to you god anything that brings praise and glory and honor to your name you're not as much concerned with the style as you are god would just um if it brings glory to your name and so lord we thank you tonight god just that uh, all of this that's done tonight would bring glory and honor to your name and lord i pray that now as we continue to worship through the preaching of your word god i pray that you'd be with brother herman pray that god you would use him in an incredible way pray that wouldn't be his words tonight but it would be your words spoken through the man of God, and we'll give you all the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, give Brother Herman a big hand if you would as he comes.
5: Thank you, thank you. What a wonderful job the Florida boys did, amen? amen. I appreciate them. Oh, that's the Floyds. I'm sorry, I thought it was Florida. <laughs> we appreciate them so much for coming and sharing with us certainly bless our hearts. We have uh, a lot of guests with us tonight. We appreciate Vicki Shaw with us tonight. Her daughter Kayla, I think she's already a member here. And this gentleman that is hanging around with her, we're glad that he's here tonight. Uh, I watch them on Facebook, and I think they're inseparable, but we're glad that they're here tonight. Good to have Brother Danny back there. Uh, we love Brother Danny and his wife. Such a great, great couple, and, and sure have become friends. We thank you. And then Brother Sherman Mayfield. I appreciate Brother Sherman so much. Uh, He he was one of the first ones to bring me into the Tyler area over at Pleasant Hills and uh, I will always be grateful for that but more than that, I'm grateful that he has been a friend uh, for so many years uh, to to me and to my family and and to our ministry. I remember he's such an encouragement and I've shared this many, many times I remember years ago, uh, you know, we preachers, we can get down. I don't know about you, but we can get down. And and it was one of those days that I was feeling pretty low, and Brother Sherman called me. He said, how's it going, Brother Herman? I said, well, it's not going real well. He said, we haven't had but one person saved this week. And he said, well, that may not seem like much unless you're that one. And he said, to that one, it meant everything. And I've never forgotten that. Every one is important. Amen? And so I appreciate Brother Sherman so much. And then Brother Charles Hunt, uh, he was here last year, and you remember me sharing with you, uh, dear, dear friend of ours from Longview. As a matter of fact, he preached my wife's funeral. Uh, His music director, she loved him so much. Uh, Aaron, he did the music for her. And his whole staff, and they didn't come together in a van, but his whole staff came to the funeral in Seguin for Judell. And. And it just really touched my heart to know uh, that church cared that much about me. But that was no secret. As a matter of fact, I'm not one of those that do big things. And Brother Charles asked, my daughter said, what are we going to do? What's he going to do for 50th anniversary? And she said, you know, Dad, that he's not going to do anything. He said, it's just stay on the road, stay on the road. And so Brother Charles invited me to preach close to our 50th anniversary. I don't know if it was before or right after or something like that. He just invited me to come preach, and Judell and I didn't think anything of it. and We went up there to, to, to Longview at Woodland Hills, and his church threw us a big party and a lunch together that day at noon. And then their church presented us a trip to Branson uh, to, to for our, 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 our anniversary. And the only catch was the preacher and his wife had to go with us. (laughs) They went with us, but uh, uh, his church has always been so gracious to me, and I appreciate Brother Charles so much. I never leave a meeting on Wednesday night that I don't expect to call somewhere between maybe 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock at night while I'm traveling down the road that Brother Charles doesn't call me, and just see how I'm doing, and encourage me, and and tell me that he's praying that we have a safe trip home. So uh, he's a dear, dear friend, and I appreciate him so much. Well, thank you for being here. This is a good, good group. You are special people. You really are. I told you Sunday morning, I love you, and the reason I love you so much is because I love your pastor and his wife. I tell you, you cannot help but love Brother Mark and Julie. Amen? And they're just great, great people, and And you know, every preacher will tell you this, is that you just be around the preacher and his wife, and you can pretty well tell the personality of the church, because the church takes on the personality of the pastor and his wife, and I think that's why you're so loving, you're so kind, and so sweet is because of them, and so I appreciate the honor to be here. If you have your Bible tonight, I want you to turn with me to the book of Mark, the book of Mark. You know, sometimes we just read a couple of verses and we just kind of read over it and we don't take time to stop and think about maybe what it is that God may be wanting to say to us. And this is one of those passages tonight talking about the servanthood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Being a servant to the Lord. See, I believe that if we're a child of God, we're all servants. Amen? That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. And so Paul knew that he was a servant. He was a servant, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so let's look at here in chapter 6, beginning verse 7. It says this, And he called unto him the twelve, and he began to send them forth by twos and twos, and gave them power over unclean spirits and commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no script, no bread, no money in their purse, but be shod with sandals, and not put on two coats. And he said unto them, Whatsoever place you enter into a house, there abide till you depart from that place. And wheresoever thou shall not receive you, nor hear you, when you depart, shake off the dust from your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, It shall be more tolerable for Solomon and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And they went out and preached that men should repent. And they casted out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. What I want to do is I want to pick up with verse 7 and 12 and 13. So let's read it in that light. And he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth two by twos and gave them power over unclean spirits. So they went out, preached that men should repent, and they casted out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. You see, I believe that in this passage of Scripture what Jesus was simply saying to those disciples was you have received Now it's time for you to give. You have learned, and now it's time for you to put into practice what you have learned. And that is so many times in our life. See, we're not just to receive. My friend, whatever we receive, there comes a time that you and I need to give that which we have received. We're not here just to learn, but there comes a time in our life that that which we have learned, we put into practice in our life. So let's look at this passage tonight about being a servant for Jesus. I want you to notice, first of all, it begins with their time with him. Notice what it says here, and he called unto him the twelve. I'll never forget when I was pastoring, Jack Taylor was at Castle Hills, and, and they had that great revival at Castle Hills years ago back in the in the late 70s. And, and, and after that revival, he had a pastor's conference. And so I went to that pastor's conference one morning, and I'll never forget what he said. He said, pastors, and that was all that was in that room that day, just pastors. He said, pastors, have you ever noticed your life like a roller coaster? He said, your spiritual life just goes up and down, up and down. You can go to a revival or have a revival and you're way up here. And he said, it's not very long till you're right back down here. Then you'll read a book and you'll go right back up. And then you'll go right back down. And I was sitting there thinking, that's a picture of my life. That is exactly how my spiritual life was going in my own life the next statement that he made changed my life. He said, always remember this. Your spiritual life will always level off at your praying life. You will never be any more than you are alone with God. You can get pumped up, but you'll always come back to that level that you are alone. You see, my friend, listen, it all starts with him. As I said Sunday morning, he didn't say, I am a vine. He said, I am the vine. I'll never forget what Charles Stanley, I love this passage that he he preached about the vine. And he said, he's the vine and we're the branch, but it's the Holy Spirit that flows from the, the, the vine to the branch that gives it the ability to bear the fruit that it bears. But he said, if you cut off the branch, it what? wilters and dies. You see, could it be tonight that many Christians are wilted tonight simply because you do not stay connected to the vine in the way that God would expect you to stay connected? How much time do you spend with God? Let me show you something. Back in chapter 1, of this same book, Book of Mark. Listen to what it says. Starts in verse 21. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine. And then in verse 23, there was a man of an unclean spirit. In verse 25, and Jesus rebuked him, and and the and the unclean spirit tore out and cried in verse 26 and came out of him. And they were all amazed. Now notice this. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all of the regions around about Galilee. And forthwith, when they had come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and, and Andrew and, with James and John. And Simon's wife, mother, laid sick of a fever. The Bible says, And he took her by hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. Now watch this, verse 32. At evening, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and they that were possessed with devils. And all of the city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many that were sick of diseases, and cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him. Wow. You talk about a ministry. It starts in the synagogue as he taught. Then all of a sudden a man with an unclean spirit, he rebukes the spirit, casts out the spirit, leaves the synagogue, goes home with Simon. Simon's mother's sick, so he reaches out and takes her by the hand, heals her. And then the Bible said that there were others there that had diseases, and he cured them. And at the evening time, they were at the door. I mean, the whole town turned out and brought all the sick and those that were possessed with devils, and he ministered and cast it out and healed many. Now, the next verse will change your life. Look what it says next. And in the morning, Rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Wow. If anybody could have said, I'm tired. Man, I'm worn out. I did a great job yesterday. I ministered and I ministered and I ministered. I'm just going to lay in this morning. It would have been him. But no. No. The Bible says, "Yet before, way up in the morning, Jesus rises up and finds himself a solitary place, and there he prayed. He knew the importance of staying connected with the Father." Folks, let me tell you, there's a lot of Christians who just need to get up a little more earlier. Amen. Well, I'm tired. What Jesus was too. But Jesus knew the importance of staying connected to the Father. And you and I ought to know the importance of staying connected with him. Amen? It all begins with him. But I want to show you something else. Back in chapter 6, it says, And he called unto him the twelve, and he began to send them forth by twos and twos. Have you ever asked yourself the question why? I mean there's another chapter that said he sent the 70 out by twos. Why did he send them out by twos? Well I, I I don't know but I think. I believe it was because for two reasons. One was for accountability. Folks I want to tell you something. Christians need accountability as I tell people all the time in me there is no good my friend my very best is filthy rags in the presence of God and I am what I am by the grace of God but if it is left totally up to me my friend I want to tell you that Paul said it this way. He said, that which I want to do, I don't do. That which I don't want to do, I find myself doing because there is a war that is going on within me. But thanks be unto God, we have the victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, my friend, but I want to tell you, that battle rages in my life every single day that I'm alive. And folks, by nature, I have a tendency to want to drift off. I know you don't have that problem. But I have a tendency to want to drop off. You know, I wake up in the morning and the old devil says, you, you, you don't have to spend much time in prayer this morning. You prayed yesterday. Well, I know, but i got to pray today. Well, well, no, you don't. But if you do, you can pray later. And then a little later, you say, well, it's time to pray. And the devil, wait a minute. You can pray later today. You can pray this evening. And folks, if you're not careful, you'll begin to venture away. And before long, you're not spending any time at all in prayer. Same way in studying his word. Same way in witnessing to others. Same way in attending church. That by nature, my friend, listen, every one of us have a tendency to drift away. But thanks be unto God that God raises up people that allows us to have accountability in our Christian life that hold us in the line and that when we begin to drift that they say, whoa, wait a minute, that's not right. You're not doing that which you ought to do. My friend, I want to tell you, accountability is a good thing. I praise God for people to keep me accountable. I thank God for people like Charles. I thank God for uh, Brother Sherman. I thank God for preachers that have surrounded me in my life and just kind of keep their eyes upon me and my, uh, uh, the massive the, my, uh, my scope on me. And, and, and if they see that there, there's things tending in my life that's not right, that I thank God that they are men of God that will call me into accountability. We need that. I hear people say, well, I don't need accountability. I'll just be a long ranger. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. Long ranger had tonto. <laughs> and you need accountability in your life too. And, and so as he sent them out, he sent them out by two so that one will be accountable to the other and back and forth. And then secondly, I think he sent them out two by twos for encouragement. He knew he was sending them out into a hostile world. He was sending them out to some that may not want to hear the gospel. Some of those that may want to put them down but, but, but sometimes when one got discouraged the other one was there in order to pick them up. Folks not only do we need accountability we need encouragement. Amen. I told you Sunday morning some of you are some of the sweetest people I know, you say kind remarks on my Facebook. I appreciate that. Because my friend, I told you Sunday morning there's a lot of churches I go to, they just glad I leave. Amen? But you're kind. But I want to tell you, anytime you show kindness to somebody, it encourages them. It encourages them. And we need that encouragement. It's not easy being a Christian. And if you will Walk the walk and and, and and talk the talk. My friend, I want to tell you, there's enough people out there in the world that will want to put you down, but thanks be unto God for those that want to pick you up. Amen? We need that encouragement. That's why it's good to say something nice to somebody. That's why it's good to encourage somebody. Tell them they're doing a great, great job. I used to say one of the most loneliest people in our church was our pianist. They play all the time, and nobody ever tells them thank you. Nobody ever prays for them. We just take them for granted. But my friend, I want to tell you, thank God for them. Amen? And every now and then, tell them how much you're, you're grateful for them and how much uh, of an encouragement they are to the services. Uh, Sunday school teachers, the same way. Uh, our pastors, the same way. You'll never be able to encourage your pastor enough because I want to tell you there's enough people in the world that's trying to beat him down. And so he sent them out two by twos in order that they may be accountable to one another and that they may encourage one another. But I want to show you something else in that verse. The Bible said not only did he send them two by twos, but he gave them power over unclean spirits. You know what that tells me? That tells me that the power comes from God. We need to learn that. You and I will never be any more than what we allow God to not only be in us, but through us. It's not about what we can do. It's about what God can do. Amen? And he is the one with the power. He is the one that that is going to get things done. If there's anybody that's ever going to get saved... God's got to do the saving, amen? If anybody's going to be delivered, God's got to be the one that delivers them. If anybody's life is ever going to be changed, it's got to be God that does the changing. we got to understand that, that it's not about us, it's not about our buildings, it's not about our denomination, it's not about who the preacher is and who's not the preacher. we got to understand it's all about him and what he can do. So the Bible said that he gave, he gave, he gave, he gave them power over unclean spirits. And so it begins with him. And so I want to look for a moment at their testimony. Look at verse 12. And they went out and they preached that men should repent. And they casted out many devils and anointed with oil, many that were sick, and they healed them. The first thing I want you to know, their testimony was powerful. They went out and they preached. They shared the gospel with those that were lost. They preached repentance. You don't hear much of that anymore. But my friend, I want to tell you, without repentance, there is no remission of sin. This feel good thing, you know. All you got to do is walk it out and feel good. Ain't about feeling, my friend. It's all about changing. It's about coming to the place in your life that, my friend, that you bow at the foot of the cross and relinquish your life in order that your life May become his life and you turn from the old ways to accept the new ways in your life so that when people look at you, they will see that you have become a new creature. All things passed away. Behold, all things become new. And if you are still hanging on to the old thing and doing the old things the same way, you've never met the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello. (laughs) Folks, I tell you, I'm at the age, you know, I I can say it as it is. Amen. I've learned a long time ago, you don't have to like me. But I'm going to tell you the truth. But folks, I get so fed up with this feel stuff, I got to feel it, you know. I I mean, I just don't feel it, preacher. You know, my friend, if you run on emotions, you're going to up and down, up and down, up and down. It's not about emotions, my friend. It's all about the Spirit-filled life. And when you are filled with the Spirit, your life is going to take on His life. And when people see you, they will know that you are changed. Not only did their testimony have have authority and power, but I want you to know something else about their testimony. I think their testimony had compassion, because notice what I said. They they went out and they preached, and not only did they preach repentance, they casted out many devils and anointed with oil, many that were sick, and they healed them. I, I think they had a testimony of those people care about me. Those people came to me. Here I was in bondage. Here I was in sickness, and those people came and ministered to me. Folks, isn't that the message that we all got? Did we miss it somewhere? Isn't that the ministry of the church? When when someone looks at the church, you know what the people ought to say? Those people care about me. When I was hurting, they came. When I was in bondage, they came. Those people cared about me. My friend, who are we caring about? See, folks, we live in a broken world today. We were just talking about it earlier before church. You don't have to go outside the walls of this church to find broken people. They're amongst us. People who are struggling. People that are going through difficult times in their life. What are they saying about us? Do we even care? These disciples did. They hunted them down. They went to where they were. (laughs) Folks, I don't believe these people that was possessed with devils and these that were sick, they were knocking the doors down at the church to get in. But the church, the disciples, was going to them. Lord, we got to get that message. We got to get outside the walls of the church and minister to those that are hurting. Well, the last thing that I want you to notice is simply this: is what what is a treasure for being a servant? I said that last night in the sermon. What was the reward? If I couldn't convince you on that, I said I couldn't convince you on being what you needed to be. So I want to convince you tonight. What was their treasure? Well, the Bible says in Book uh, First Corinthians, in the third chapter. He said that uh, Paul said, "I've laid the foundation, but there's only one foundation that can be laid, and that's Christ Jesus." But he says, "Take heed how every man builds upon this foundation, because you're going to build your life, and I'm going to build my life." But he says, "Take heed how you build on this foundation. What found? the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ, because one day, every life." will be accountable to God. He said there's only six ways you can build your life. You can build your life on gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble. Now, you and I know and heard sermons. Three of them will burn and three of them won't. Wood, hay, and stubble will burn up. He said, look, if if everything in your life burns up, you'll still be saved because I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm talking about how you live as a Christian. But he says there's gold, silver, and precious stones. Build your house upon those things. And and so, is it worth it? When you and I are the servants that God wants us to be, we're not building on wood, hay, and stubble. We're building on gold, silver, and precious stones. And those things will endure. And the Bible says that one day when we get to heaven, We'll get a reward for those things. And here's a catcher. I've had Christians tell me say, Well, preacher, I tell you what. Now when they say that, you just better back up a little (laughs) bit. They say, Preacher, I tell you what. I'm really not concerned about rewards. I you know, as long as I get there, I'm not worried about reward. Well, you haven't read the Bible. Because my friend, if I read correctly. When the 24 elders got their crowns, you know what they did? He didn't walk around and say, look, Brother Charles, I have my crowns from bigger than yours. I must have done more than you did. They didn't say that. You know what the Bible said? When they received their crown, they knelt down before him that sat upon the throne and laid their crowns at his feet and looked up and said, worthy is the lamb that was slain. They said, in essence, I believe that one day you and I will kneel before Jesus and say, Lord, I'm not worthy. You're the one that's worthy. Because if you would have not died, I would have had eternal life. And, Lord, I didn't do near as much as I should have done in serving you. But My friend, what will you say when you stand there empty-handed? I loved you, Lord but I didn't love you enough to serve you, Lord. I had opportunities after opportunities. I had that neighbor that lived next door to me. I had that co-worker that was lost that didn't know Jesus. And, and Lord, I, I didn't even love you enough to witness to them. God, I had children and grandchildren that didn't know you, Lord, that will spend eternity in hell because I never, ever witnessed to my own family. Oh, I loved you, Lord. But I only loved you enough for salvation. I didn't love you enough to serve you. No, my friend, I want to tell you something. The treasure of serving God is laying up treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not corrupt and thieves things don't break through and steal. But where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Not only Laying up treasures in heaven. Let me tell you another blessing, serving God. Seeing lives change. I love that. I love that. Wow. Brother Ron was talking about somebody earlier today, tonight before the service, talking about getting saved. And said they they got saved at, at an apartment complex on Saturday night. They were in church Sunday morning, made it public. And said Sunday night they were baptized and said they've never missed since. Uh, that's a testimony. Amen. To see a life transformed by the spirit of the living God. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was in darkness, but now I'm in light. What a testimony. But not only treasure. And not only seeing lives change, but lastly, is to know that God would use somebody like you and me. Who are we that God would use us? But I'm so thankful that he does. See, there's not a person in this room that can't be used of God because if you are saved tonight, you're a servant of God. You're already called to serve God. And God's already put his hand on you, as I said last night, that we're not alike, but we're all important. We all can't do the same things, but all of us can do some things. But it's only when you and I contribute our talent, our gift, and ability. Can God use us in a way that God wants to use us? That's what it means to be a servant. Getting plugged in. What does it mean? It means, first of all, spending time with him. Secondly, being paired up. That's why church is so important. That's why other Christians are so important. I hear people all the time, I don't need the church. I tell you what, I, I have mixed emotions, okay? I'll just be honest with you. I have mixed emotions. I think that live stream has really hurt our church. I think a lot of people will stay home and watch it on live stream than being at church. But folks, I'm here to tell you tonight, every Christian needs the church family. And we need to be in church. Now, I said I had mixed emotion about it because I I thought many times, if I was a pastor, I don't know whether I'd have it. Maybe I'd tape it and take it to our shut-ins and our nursing homes. I don't know. But I don't know if I'd just throw it out there wide open that anybody in the world can see it because half your church will stay home and watch it on live stream because they don't want to be connected. Now, those that are sick, I understand. Those that are shut in, I understand. But those that are able to be in church ought to be in church. You need the accountability and you need the encouragement. And then you have a testimony. Every one of us in this room have a testimony. This world is looking at you and me. What kind of a testimony do we have? Is it powerful? Is our life making any difference in anybody else's life? Are we sharing the Gospels that somebody may be saved? What difference is our life making? And what about compassion? Does anybody know that you care? And lastly, the blessing being that servant, laying your treasures in heaven, seeing lives change, and letting God use you. That's what it means to be a servant. Now, some of you need to get up early in the morning. Well, Brother Herman, I already get up at 6, get up at 5.30. Get along with God. Get along with God. Because all the power in your life comes from him. From the time that you step out of the house, the devil's going to be waiting. Or he's already there before you ever get out of the house. But he's going to start attacking you the moment that you walk out of the house. And my friend, listen, you and I need the power in order to be able to stand in the day that we live. And that only comes from God. Amen? Maybe you're here tonight. You're not, listen, you're not part of the church. I say, and I believe this, and I know these preachers teach the same thing I teach. If this is where God has led you, then you need to be here. You need to put your hand in the hand of this church, and you need to get in here and get plugged in. This church needs you, but you need this church. You'll never be happy until you're doing what God wants you to do. And maybe you're here tonight and God is wanting you to become a part of this church. And you need to make that decision. As these preachers would say, if this is not the place, then there's a place for you. And if you haven't found that place, we'll help you find it. But I want you to find the place that God wants you at so that you can serve doing what God wants you to do. But you already know it's here, but you haven't joined here. So I'm going to give you that invitation tonight. I'm going to give you an invitation tonight that some of you come and say, Brother Mark, I'm going to spend more time with God. I'm going to get up earlier. I may stay up later. Don't do that because you're tired. devil will put you to sleep. Do it in the morning. But if Jesus saw it was necessary, don't you think it's necessary for us? Certainly it is. I'm going to ask some of you to come and say, Brother Mark, I need to spend more time with God. And I'm going to ask some of you to come and say, Brother Mark, my testimony needs to be stronger. I need to be making a difference in people's lives. Some of the people that have impacted me the most in my life, have not so much been preachers as it's been laymen. That has just made a difference in me. And you can make a difference in somebody else. And maybe you ought to be willing to say tonight, you know, I don't have enough compassion. There's a people out there that's hurting, struggling. But I'm like the priest and the Levite. I just pass on the other side. But I need more passion reach out to them. We set revivals. We schedule revivals. We attend revivals until God speaks to us. And then we say, I don't want revival. Because revival will change you. It will change you into his likeness. That's what revival I'm going to ask you to let him make that change. That's us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for simplicity. And God, just thank you tonight that God, that if we know you, you have chosen us to be a servant. And God, what a privilege. What an honor that is to know that no matter who we are, we can make a difference in people's lives. God, if there's one here that doesn't know you tonight as their personal Savior, I pray tonight that they would come and they would repent. And as we said in the message, that God, that they would leave here a new person. They would leave all the old things behind. And God, they would walk out of here with the newness of life, which is in Christ Jesus. God, I pray for that person that needs a church home. I pray that they would come and say, Brother Moore, tonight, 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 I want to put my hands in the hands of this church. God, I pray for those that need to come tonight and say, I need to spend more time with God. I need to be a better servant. My testimony needs to be stronger. God, I pray that somebody tonight would experience revival. Let your spirit fall upon this place. God, I can't change them, but you can, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing. Brother Mark's going to be here to receive you, and I'm going to ask you to come on the very first verse. Just come on. Share with Brother Mark what God's laid on your heart. Come on right now. Come on. Come on. I'll meet you down here.